Greetings and welcome to Sisterly Soul Stories. This is Erica Dotson, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us again today. If you have not listened to last week's episode, I encourage you to do so, but I am super excited about the woman that is here with us today. She is a lifelong educator. She's a technology extraordinaire. She's a woman of God. She's a sister and a friend, and I'm so glad that she decided to share her very powerful soul story with our audience today. So Marissa Ford, welcome to Sisterly Soul Story. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I was so excited when you agreed to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I know that you are knee deep uh, in your work because as we all know, school is getting ready to wrap up. So I want to thank you for your time today. How are you doing and what are you doing to care for yourself during this very difficult and busy time? Yeah, so I'm doing good. Um, I I agreed. not agreed. I decided a long time ago that I wouldn't bring work home. And so um, I refuse to bring any work issues home. But um, to continue to take care of myself, I uh, have started to work out again. Um, I'm actually gonna uh, try to get like monthly massages now. um, And, you know, get my nails done. Um, Anything that I deem self care is what I choose to do uh, to keep myself sane. But um, yeah, how are you? doing okay. Um, And so I would say that my self-care routine was much stronger in the past, but as we roll into summer, because um, I'm not in schools, but I support schools in my work, so it's been busy for us too. Mm -hmm. But as it begins to slow down, like, yeah, I'm looking around and trying to figure out ways to up my self-care game. So I even like hearing you say, about the massages. I'm like, oh, it's been way too long. I need one. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the tightness in my shoulders and my back. Um, but also just looking forward to being outside. Because we yeah, have your birthday's coming up. <laughs> um, so that's and exciting. Yeah. And you know, so when I turned 40, it was 2020. We were in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I had planned uh, a getaway course that didn't happen because we were inside and it seems like every year because like last year we thought we were going to be able to and then the COVID variant sprout up knock up on us again able to do anything so it looks like we'll be able to be outside this right let's (laughs) hope fingers crossed (laughs) fingers crossed fingers crossed so you know in our world today there's so much going on and I feel like whenever I turn on the news someone else is being murdered, Um, people are missing, there's war going on, it's nonstop. Um, And so what else do you do like to guard your heart and mind from the toxicity that exists? Um, Whether it's from family or friends or from media, what are some ways that you kind of put barriers around yourself in that respect? So I don't watch the news. I I don't really watch TV, actually. Um, I haven't really watched TV since like 2015, 2016. I know it's wild. Um, (laughs) Sometimes I will like, you know, watch things here and there, but never really like a complete season. But um, I think like me not watching TV has helped to guard me um, Mm -hmm. in a sense of I'm not like affected as much by um, the news. However, Mm -hmm. I mean, I am on social media, so I'm not remiss to the information but Mm -hmm. um I limit my social media um 
I only get on it whenever I feel like I can absorb the information in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I'm like stressed at work, I will find myself um, kind of like pulling away. And if I notice that I'm snappy or snappier at people, like even this morning, I had a situation and I was talking to someone who was trying to help me. And I said, you know what? I think I'm being really negative right now. And I don't feel like giving you my energy. So let me just get myself together and then I'll call you back. So I'm really um, aware of how my, how my emotions affect other people. And I am not one to, you know, impart what I feel on other people, but um, I think that's taken some time and taken some failures. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so um, I'm really cognizant of just like who I am and like my emotions and um, how they affect other people. So I guard my friends, but I also guard myself because like, you know, energy is um, transferable and I'm, I'm really firm on that. And so if I pick up that someone's just not in the right space, I tend to just like remove myself um, for my own sanity. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And I think for me, I became more aware of energy during the pandemic when we were like shut in away from everyone. And then when we began to kind of start coming together again, that's when I was like, Oh, I'm picking Ooh, up something that's not <laughs> <Yeah>. mine. <laughs> this is not mine. And so for me now, what I do when I come home, I try to wind down, turn off everything and just get myself in a comfortable space, whether that's, you know, turning the lights off, taking a salt bath or just playing some music and putting both of my earphones in to kind of drown out all the negativity and the energy that is not mine to get in tune with myself. And I thought like I was a, I'm still a very social person. And I think that my um, social, what's the, what's the term? Like, um, I don't know. I, I realized that I'm not as social as what I thought, like through the pandemic, I'm like, oh, I really enjoy myself. So I found that I, the pandemic kind of caused me to learn and like other things that happened, but like it caused me to be forced to get comfortable with myself because Mm -hmm. I live alone, you know, and so there's no one else there. And so I had to, um, I had to figure out who I was and like what I enjoyed and, you know, things like that. And um, I think through the pandemic, I've learned that I don't have to be around people to find enjoyment because I felt like maybe I was lost a bit, a little, you know, and finding, you know, trying to find myself through other people. And I realized that I was told just to begin with. And so whatever I choose to give out or receive from other people, is just like an added bonus, you know? And so I think, yeah, being alone through the pandemic really, um, really allowed for me to have some clarity on me. Yeah, that's so good. That's, that's so good. Because for me, um, when the pandemic started, my marriage was ending. Um, and I had not been um, alone for a long time. And so going from being with someone all the time for many right. years to just back alone was super difficult. And so I didn't handle that well. Um, and so that's re- the reason why I went to go home. I went back home to stay with family because being alone was a little too much. But And then being forced to be alone because yeah. you can't be yeah. near other people. Yeah. yeah. And so, but it was around family that I began to really find myself um, because like you say, it is very difficult to lose yourself in people and in situations. Mm -hmm. And I am very um, happy about who I am now and what I have discovered about myself during that difficult season, which which that just leads us into our 
topic for today, living the single life, living the single life. <laughs> I'm a, clearly a pro at that. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get to pro. I'm trying to get to listen, pro. Listen, listen, <laughs> uh, you know, and here's the thing, like I, um, I was engaged like earlier in life and um, <laughs> I'm really happy that I had a failed engagement so early in life because it allowed me to know like what I desired and what I required um, mm -hmm. out of a partner mm -hmm. and because it's different. And I feel like sometimes people don't really understand that it's different. And then like also what I'm willing to compromise on. And so he sent me through the ringer and mm -hmm. I... <laughs> I went through the ringer with him. Like I should, I, I'm not dumb, but you know, you do, you do things yeah. when you're in love or whatever. And so, um, it, that it was a wild time. And I decided after that, um, engagement ended, um, the reason, well, there's plenty of reasons why it ended, but one of the main reasons why it ended is I was babysitting for my sister back home and she had a prayer wall, um, in her house. And literally it said, I hope Marissa finds her soulmate because this is not it. And I was like, this is it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> so, uh, <Message. laughs> right, received. Okay. Like received. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I can't be with you because my sister's prayer wall said that I'm not supposed to be with you. <laughs> but really. And he was like, what? And I said, listen, That's what but, I um, yeah. So I took a couple of years out, um, of the dating scene to kind of just like figure out me. And then um, after that, like, because I felt like I was a serial monogamer, like I would go from one relationship to the next, even from like college. And so, yeah, after that ended, I really found out like who I, who I wanted to be as a partner. And I mean, it's always developing, right? But like, I realized who I want, who I wanted to be in a partner and like what I wanted reciprocated from my partner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, if you're not doing that, I will let you know, I will give you the opportunity, but if you don't fix it, then yeah, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't be with you. And I'm, I, yeah, it, I mean, it hurts, you know, and um, sometimes you think you're going to be with someone forever or for a long period of time and it just doesn't work out. And so, yeah, you have your moments where you're like, man, I really wanted to be with this person. Like I thought this was my person. But then you got to snap out of it because clearly you weren't his person. So why would you sulk uh, and stay wherever in the space that you're at? Because somebody's looking for you. So mm -hmm. wherever you're at. <laughs> and, yeah, and so, so. you learn and grow during those. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, even though they may be hurtful or difficult to kind of tunnel through, you're disappointed. What you had expected, what you pictured, right. what you imagined um, does not come to fruition. Um, you have to know that good is still out there for you, right. um, that life is still full, and that there is so much that you can still do internally. What I've discovered is, you know, over the years, so, you know, when I started getting out on the dating scene, what I wanted is totally different right uh, now than what right. I, you know because I've changed so much mm -hmm. and as you grow and experience life and go through ups and downs you begin to form new outlooks and perspectives on the world as a whole and right. sometimes relationships don't make it because you're too different you've changed so much you want different things yeah and that's okay too and then when, like when you reflect through so say you are like if I'm to be in this situation, this is how I would respond, or this is how I re would react. And then you get in that situation, you're like, oh, wow, okay, no. And then you reflect and you're like, 
this is what I would have wanted my partner to do. And he did not do that for me. So if this happens again, I don't really know if I can like fully trust that you will manage me how I, I mean, not that I need to be managed, but like, you know, support my feelings and my emotions the way that I need from a partner, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, it just makes you reevaluate. And I think that sometimes people are like, well, a couple of years ago, you, this wouldn't have even mattered. Well, yeah, like life happens, things change you. And do you really expect me to be the same person that I was years ago? Like we're Mm -hmm. supposed to be growing together and yeah. Some people just become stagnant and complacent. So absolutely. And I think you hit on something there when you talk about things happen, life happens and you began to change. And so um, as I became, went from married to single, there were things about my life that changed drastically. One was that, you know, I relied on someone else to secure the house, to make sure that the, the lights were off, that the windows were locked, that the doors were locked. And I went from being able to sleep deeply (laughs) and not worry about anything to having to manage everything and posture myself so different. And that was very difficult. Um, And so while I love the the freedom and the flexibility and the quiet time, there are also some things that life brings as a part of singleness that could be different. Um, And so as you think about your single journey, what are some of the things that maybe you have experienced that um, sometimes that brought some disappointment or some hurt or just kind of allows you to feel single. Like what are some of those things that have happened? Yeah. So when was this? I, um, I want to say it was like last October. So we're still in like the thick of, um, COVID, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I reconnected with an ex and, um, Yeah, so we actually, um, we reconnected for like a weekend and um, I always had like an irregular cycle and I never really knew why I had an irregular cycle, but I didn't think anything of it like whenever I didn't have a cycle and I was like, okay, I made it another month or, oh man, you know, I didn't have to worry about it this month, like amazing, right? Um, Because I was on birth control and I took a plan B just in case, because I was not playing no games, you know? Uh And so I remember um, I had planned my my best friend's baby shower and um, we were preparing the night before. And I was like, y'all, I'm so tired. Like I just, I've just been sleeping all day. Like, I don't know. I just have no energy, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. A week goes by and she gets COVID and she tells us, hey, you guys might want to get tested for COVID, tell your jobs, whatever. So I am quarantining because I was with her unmasked Mm -hmm. for, you know, hours. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm quarantining and I um, am ordering my groceries. I went to go take a test and I was like, oh, I really want to run into the store to get something, but I don't, I don't know. Anyways, I was waiting in the car to figure out what decision I was going to make because I had symptoms. Like I was tired. I was fatigued. I was nauseous, like all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I have COVID. Like, I know I have COVID. So anyways, I um, was listening to the radio, which I never do, but I was listening to the radio and it was like a pregnancy um, (laughs) commercial. And I was like, oh my God. So I, and I like, I still didn't. And I was like, well, let me just check just in case. And I remember I bought it. I didn't take it because I didn't think think of it. We had a nighttime meeting because at the time I was working at a school that had like um, 
uh, monthly professional developments at night for all of the schools in that cohort. Mm-hmm. And I uh, took it during the meeting and I was like, oh my gosh. I, and my mic was unmuted. I did not even know. And like, so I was, uh, my dog was bothering me and I was like, Sunny, I can't do it right now. I'm pregnant. And, and I was like, oh my. And so someone heard me from my school and was like, are you okay? And I was like, oh. But anyways, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm in grad school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I live alone in this city because my family does not live here. Mm-hmm. I'm not with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no bad blood, but I'm not with him. I don't want to be with him, like based off of just having a child. I cannot have this child. And I was like, I, I took, I was on birth control and I took plan B. Like, what am I going to do? And then I was like, not that I ever thought my parents would be be disappointed because they are very um, supportive in anything that we choose to do. Yeah. But I also know they want me to have a child because I'm the only person that doesn't have a child. My parents aren't old school in the sense of you have to be married to have children. They just want you to be happy in life and whatever you choose, Mm -hmm. that's what they will support as long as it's like reasonable, right? Yeah. And so I text one of my best friends and I call him and I was like, yeah, but I've already decided. And if you know me, um, you know, like I, um, I, it's just not gonna, um, once I've made up my mind, I've made up my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, so I put the plans in place. I decided that I was going to terminate the pregnancy that I had because I just was not in the right mind. Like I was like, I'm going to be a single mom. Like I'm trying to get a new job. I'm trying to graduate from grad school. There's just a lot of things that are happening. And I felt like I tried to protect myself from this happening. And so I was like, why me? Like Mm. before this, and also, if you know me, I never wanted kids like ever. And Mm. then the past Mm. couple of years, I was like, well, if my partner wants a child, I will, you know, compromise and have a child. It's not that I don't think that I would be a good mom, Mm -hmm. but I just don't see that my life would be less fulfilled if I didn't have a child. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, not right now. Like I'm not doing it. And so then um, I go through, I go to my doctor, I go to the clinic, which is an experience in itself, but, um, and then I go to have the procedure and I can't have it. And they're like, and I'm like, wait, why can't I have it? And so they're like, well, we can't find your cervix. And I was like, okay, like, what do you mean you can't find it? And they're like, yeah, we can't have, we can't find your cervix because your uterus, nothing is, nothing is dilating. Like it's not opening up. There's um, masses on your uterus and your cervix. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, well, I don't know, go back to your doctor and um, whatever. So I set an appointment. Um, well, mind you, so I couldn't have the procedure, but then I end up miscarrying for like three months straight. So I don't know if anyone has ever, like if any of your listeners have ever miscarried, but like it is um, the most traumatic experience. Yeah. And, and I am not mourning a child that I didn't necessarily prepare for, mm-hmm. but it was so taxing on my body. Mm-hmm. Like I had to go to the doctor every week to check my, um, my levels for mm-hmm. my HCG levels. I had to get blood transfusions. I had to get like, I had to get 
um, iron. I had to, like, there was so much that I had to do because my body was essentially rejecting foreign, you know, objects. But I also couldn't have a DNC because that's still an abortion, but I can't have it because you can't find, you know, my reproductive system because there's, there's these masses. So I couldn't even address the masses because I was just trying to make sure my doctor was trying to make sure that I didn't have like an infection. Um, and so like, literally I would um, have to tell my principal at the time, like I need to take a nap every other hour at work. Um, I couldn't function. I would pass out sometimes like oh, it was the most traumatic experience. And so then on top of that, I had to figure out what was going on with my body. And um, then I realized that I had tumors um, and they were the size of like small melons and um, they were, it was completely covered. Uh, my uterus was completely covered in them. So then I had to prepare a couple of, for like a couple of months to have surgery. I ended up having it in June and um, I thought I had one. I ended up having three and um, she was like, yeah, I completely had to reconstruct your uterus. So um, before there was a high possibility based off of where they were that I had to, I could have had to have a hysterectomy and the thought of like I because I never thought I wanted to have kids but it was always my my decision like my choice my body right yeah, yeah. but the fact that someone like po it, like the possibility would be taken away from me yeah I was just like man so then I was just like well ma maybe you shouldn't have even attempted to have an abortion so like there was a lot of guilt because like what if you can't have kids like you're I'm not going to know until they open me up actually until I wake up what yeah. happened to me you know and right. so anyways um you know I so I had the surgery and um she had to reconstruct my uterus so it's still out I don't really know if I'm going to be able to have kids I haven't really tried because you know I'm nervous but um and I'm single and I because I would tell her she asked me like what what do you want and I said, well, I'm not married, so I don't want to have kids. And she was like, well, let me stop you there. You do not have to be married to have kids. Whatever you choose is your body. If you want to have a hysterectomy right now, I will give you one. Whatever, I am giving you full reins on what you choose for your body. So I, that's why I really liked her and I've kept her as an OB because I've always, no one has ever really given me that option before because I found a new one. Um, but, um, so anyways, she was able to reconstruct it. And even just like the healing process after that was strenuous because it's, um, I kind of like related to having a C-section, but without a baby, um, because you have the same scar it's from hip to hip essentially. And, um, yeah, it, so going through that. And then also I felt like I had to like, not that I had to go through it alone, but I also felt like none of my friends outside of one kind of like understood what I was going through. And some of my friends would be like, well, you don't want kids anyways. And I'm like, yeah, but like, that's a little insensitive to say because yeah. I didn't want them, but like, I also had the choice to not have them. And now like the choice is maybe being stripped away from me. And so, um, and then I also felt like during that time, like I knew I wasn't going to be most likely be with my the partner that I was with that I you know conceived with and then I felt kind of like less of a woman in a sense that like for months I didn't know if I was going to be able to like have kids or not not that I even really wanted them but like you know still the choice and I kind of felt like a lot of men want kids like and 
I already really didn't want them, but I was like willing to compromise. But then like possibly not even being able to have them, like with the, how do I, and I, I would find myself like leading with that. Like, just to let you know, like, if you like me, that's cool, but there's a strong possibility I'm not going to be able to have kids. Like you can bow out now, you know? And um, yeah, I found myself like leading with that, which is like a little disheartening, you know, because like, you're not really less of a woman if you can't have kids, yeah. but um, sometimes I felt like men felt that way, you know? And um I kind of allowed it to like make me feel some type of way about myself, which, you know, I snapped out of it because you like me, whether I have your kids or not, but um, for a while, yeah. Like now that I still have my uterus, I, I think that's what like caused me to be able to be like, okay, Marissa, you can breathe. Like yeah. if, if your partner wants a kid, you can, you guys can have kids, you know, but um, in that waiting space, it was just like, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know if you, I don't know, like, there's so much emphasis put on women's bodies that um, we, it's it's a struggle, you know, like, and just like, not even just our bodies, but just like in general, like, you, you don't want to, you don't want to work too much because you don't want your partner to be uh, less of a man because you are like a strong, powerful person. And then like, you know, I'm a black woman. So we are already deemed like, aggressive or too like it's just a lot and so um yeah um and then like trying to find someone who matches you um that's also why I choose to not like necessarily like settle um and I don't think that I've ever like had to settle like you know we just people that I date we just don't work out but I don't know I just think that like we have a lot to like as a black woman we have a lot like stacked against us, but then also like we shouldn't because a lot of our attributes are just like positive, just in general, where I feel maybe I'm, you know, whatever, because I'm black, but um, it's hard, you know, it's hard to, to date and it's hard to be a successful black woman and then find a partner that celebrates you and isn't, what's the word, um, intimidated by you or in, or or embarrassed that they can't really reach or exceed where you're at, you know? And so, yeah, it's a struggle. Marissa, <laughs> you made it, you made it. I, I'm here, I'm here. You made it. I was listening to you and I, I can relate to so many of the things that you mentioned, uh, child loss, um, I've been right there and you're absolutely right. It's not discussed much, but it's a very traumatic experience. Um, you know, you would just think it's something that's quick and passing, but it right. is something that stays with you for a while and that you have to deal with and recuperate from. And it's very tough. Um, mm-hmm. There are women trying to make decisions on, you know, should I continue this pregnancy or not? Right. Um, should I get into the get into this relationship or not? And so for the ladies that are listening today that are at any of those places, what would you say to them that they're trying to make decisions on how to move forward with their lives, uh, their bodies, to decide if they should make a decision that pleases someone else um, or make the decision that's best for them? What would you say to them? Um, I would say like, so there's two different things um in regards to your body like 
make sure that you listen to your body and um, just honestly, just listen to your body. There's a lot of things that we, um, we handle um, so well because we are forced to handle, but um, there's a lot of things that we know aren't right, but because we don't feel like we will be heard, we don't necessarily speak up about it and we just um, take it and live with it because we've lived with it so long. So what's another day? But yeah. um, you are, you have to be your biggest advocate and for your body, but also like for yourself, just in general, work, relationships, anything. You, If you don't advocate for yourself, why would anyone else advocate for you? You know, I, um, and you don't have to be disrespectful in the advocacy, but it's going to be you at the end of the day. So if you don't advocate for you, your life is going to be miserable and no one really wants to. And if you have the opportunity to like speak up for yourself, do it at all times um, with your doctors, with you, you are the expert on you. You are the expert on your body. You are the expert on your feelings. So if you are in a, um, a relationship and your partner, and I use the term, because I, I always say partner, because I feel like that's what it should be, you know? And so um, if you are in a relationship and your partner is not, um, and it's not, and it's a requirement of you and your partner is not fulfilling a requirement, then you should assess if that's something that you want to continue. We are not obligated to stay in relationships or situationships or with partners if they're not fulfilling like the basic necessities or requirements. Like, I mean, I know like sometimes your desires can be wild. Like I want to go to a, um, I want to go to a pause for one second. Yeah, so um, just in regards to your be being in a, a, a relationship or with a partner that's not necessarily fulfilling your requirements, I would give them the chance, I would express it, you know, give them the chance to rectify whatever is going on. But if you see that they're just doing it um, in the moment to appease you and it's not, there's no longevity in it. Um, and it's not something that you're willing to compromise on, then yeah, you need to, you are not obligated to stay in any situation that depletes you. Um, whether you have kids or not, I feel like a lot of times, and I feel like even with my parents, they probably stayed longer, um, because they had kids because they had us. And so, um, kids are resilient. And I know sometimes that it has like a negative connotation, but kids, kids will benefit more from being in a situation that is happy versus uh, being in a situation just because you stayed for them. Um, so, um, because we see it, you know, we, kids, kids can recognize it. And so just always listen to yourself, um, whether it's your body, your relationship, or even like jobs. Like if you feel like you are constantly depleted or you are pouring in and someone's not pouring back into you, you don't need to stay because at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to be miserable and everyone else is going to live their life. Yeah, such excellent advice, Marissa. Um, as we're closing this interview, which I hate to do because I could talk I to you for hours and hours. Okay, money long. I'm going to have you back to talk more about this, but let's just, just as we close, what did you do? What did you hold on to? How did you make it through these difficult moments as a single woman? Um, and you talked about maybe sometimes the friends weren't able to really sympathize and understand how did you keep yourself calm and, and focused and Zen as you went through this difficulty? Yeah. So I found that it was really hard for me to, 
express what I was going through because I didn't really know what I was going through. And so I, um, I did lean on my friends and I leaned on my family, but also my faith just in general, because I just feel like that's how I was raised. And it's intuitive for me to just call on, you know, and um, I think that um, I kind of like envisioned it as a test, like, you know, um, I, I know that I was strong and it was just something else that, uh, that I would be able to overcome and be able to like use my voice and my testimony to like help other people. And so that's why I'm always so like, big on hey did your doctor make sure your doctor does this or make sure your doctor does this or you know just because I feel like uh, again you are your biggest advocate and I didn't necessarily do that in a medical in the on the medical side before because you're I thought they were the expert you know and so um yeah I just think that like understand knowing knowing that it was like a, a a test that I knew that I couldn't fail um and just figuring out like how to live through it, but not necessarily just like live through it, but like grow through it. And then how can I, um, I felt like it would be remiss to go through all of that and then not be able to vocalize it. And like, even through me vocalizing it, I've had people like message me and be like, oh, I'm gonna go to the doctor because of this, or, oh, um, like, hey, I, I went to the doctor because I saw your post and I have to have the same surgery as you. So what do I do? Things like that. What are the things that I ask for? And so um, I think sometimes we choose to struggle alone because we feel like other people won't understand what we're going yeah. through. But yeah. the moment that we vocalize it, you, you get like a tribe and you get like a lot of people that are supportive um, just because they love you, but also because they may be going through the same thing and they don't know how to vocalize it or their voice isn't as strong as yours. And so... Um, I think through this, I took it on as like, I, I decided that if I made it through, which I knew I was, I had to, I had to voice it, you know, like I had to talk about it all the time because I knew I felt alone a lot of the time through it. And I didn't want anyone else to have to go through like what I went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Marissa, I want to thank you so much for being such a bold and strong advocate for being so transparent in your story um, and for offering so much to our audience today. Thank you for your time. I wish you the very best. And like I said, I'm going to have you back. We got to continue this conversation. Okay. So good. So good. Um, and <laughs> I, I want to thank so you. I'm so nervous. <laughs> no, why? Why, girl? You did amazing. <laughs> and I want to thank our audience today for tuning in. Thank you so much. I hope that something was said today that you gleaned insight or inspiration from. Please continue to support the podcast on Google, Spotify, or Apple platforms and right here on Facebook or YouTube. Have a wonderful day. Bye, guys.